on the Fan Morning Show, Sports at 590, the fan. Josh is killing it with the music today. Remember rock music? I love a good it's, rock song. It's gone. Rock and roll. Well, this is the hip. We're going to all Canadian line up today. Free Pistols. This is part of the Road Apples album that we were talking about with the Maple mm. Leafs. Jamming out before game six. I mistakenly it... called it Road Onions. Oh, you just put yourself mocked. on blast. Well, listen, we talked, about, we talked about accountability earlier with the tarot cards and me and you. Honestly, I think I was that was the most disappointed I've ever been in you in my life when you called. It was kind of a joke. The album. Oh, now it's a joke. I forgot what it was, then I just thought that'd be funny. Road Onions <laughs> by the Tragically Him. It's a bestseller. Luke Fox, NHL reporter. Luke Fox jukebox. Honestly, you probably just disappointed him. He was a big music guy uh, with your knowledge, but we'll move through it. No, uh, put, him, put him on blast. Best hip song, Luke. Luke, how are you? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm doing well. You don't want to talk to me about the hip. So, Wait, are you allowed <laughs> to cover the Maple Leafs and not be a fan of the Tragically Hip? <laughs> I know. I keep it quiet because I know a lot of people love the hip. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a hip fan. I... I so that was the music that dominated my college campus. Mm. And I just heard so much of it that I'm, I, I don't dislike them, but I'm, I'm good on the hip. So I've, I've, I've had my fill. All right. I, res- okay. I, res- I respect the, the heck out of them. It's just, it's just not for me. What about that's okay. Gordon Lightfoot. We talked about him this morning with Jeff Merrick and his passing. <laughs> oh, Are you going to put laugh, him on blast too? <laughs> oh, no. no, no. I remember in, in grade six, we were all taught to sing uh, the record of Edmund Fitzgerald. So, okay. yeah. Shout, shout out to Gordon Lightfoot. All right. Well, all right, that's you your music uh, music Tuesday <laughs> with Luke Fox. Um, we talked about this last time we spoke about hopefully you getting the opportunity to write a new story. It was right before the Maple Leafs had an opportunity to win series. They did that on Saturday, so we haven't talked since. And you got to write some new stories. How did that feel for you? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, just like uh, that old, you know, the old phrase, like you don't, root for teams, but you do root for people and, you know, just the, the relief and happiness and joy. And you can hear the, the celebration in the dressing room after the game. It's, it's nice for those guys, right? Like they, they've been through some stuff as Sheldon Keefe said, like it's been a lot of disappointments. I've gone into that room in whether it's in Boston or it's in Toronto or wherever after another elimination loss. And you see the, the sad faces and guys just, you know, feeling gutted and just sitting there like they got nothing left and they have to answer the same old questions. So, you know, good on them. You know, I, I think the lightning really threw everything they could at them. It was, it was a, a tight series that probably deserved to go seven, but for once the Leafs got the overtime bounces for once they had the better goalie and their big players came up in big moments. And it was really cool to be in the building for that. And when I was flying back from Tampa on Sunday evening, um, I met some Leaf fans and who went down to the game. And, and just, you know, I, you feel good for the city. You feel good for those Leaf fans. Like, they're, they're just overjoyed. They're, they're riding a high. And then today you wake up and you get to cover a, a round two Maple Leafs game. That's something I've never done before. So... We'll see what they do. Hopefully, you know, Austin Matthews kind of talked about the mental aspect of getting over this hurdle, and and I do think this will give them a rush of confidence. Uh, The trouble is they're facing a Florida Panthers team that is playing Mm. its best hockey all season, (laughs) and 
kind of has nothing to lose. Like I still think the pressure's on the Leafs here because they are the, the much better team on paper. They had the better regular season. They have home ice, whatever that's worth these days. Uh, but the Panthers are, are kind of playing with house money. So I think it's going to be a, a really fun series, and I expect uh, tons of offense too. Before we look forward at uh, what's to come tonight and moving forward, I want to ask you about maybe like the best thing that you saw or experienced because you were down there, you got the, the up close. I don't know how if you were in the dressing room for most of that, but whether it was fans that stuck around, the embrace from Austin Matthews and his family, like I know you got a, a bit of a different perspective. So anything that you want to share that was special about the moment that the Maple Leafs had? Yeah. Um, I mean, and there's, there's a few things. I think, you know, the, the first face I saw when I walked in the room was, was Morgan Riley's, um, you know, he's just looked exhausted, but looked so happy. And, you know, it, I kind of thought about him as the, the longest tenured leaf and for him to have the series that he had, he was, he was dominant. Um, and you know, just, he, he, he earned that, right? Like mm-hmm. 10 years with this franchise and to finally, you know, get rewarded like that. I thought about him, uh, you know, hanging out in the hallway, with a Coors Light was Ryan O'Reilly, and he was just talking with Darren Pang, breaking down the whole series, just, you know, not not in front of a camera on a mic, just, just kind of hanging out because they know each other from a long time in their St. Louis days. Uh, so he was kind of going through the, the nuances of the, the series. And then when, uh, when he was, after he had showered and was walking out, um, Pat Maroon was, was hanging outside, like the Tampa Bay Lightning's, Wives and wives and kids room waiting for him, and they were they were hugging and you know they it was such a hard battle especially with Maroon you know some some controversial plays and everything, but you know they embraced and chatted for a while and it's this the difference on their faces like Maroon has has been there they've won a championship together but one one guy's smile was way wider than mm. the other and. Uh, yeah, and then just, you know, I saw Kyle Dubas walking out of the building and he was on a high and, you know, uh, just, you know, tons of little moments like that. And, um, you know, good on them. Were the buttons still attached to Kyle Dubas' yeah, shirt? no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was... He had calmed down, but that that video when the when the puck was in that was next level. <laughs> Brandon Britham looked like he thought it, he was scared. Going to deck him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the series victories in hand. Um, is there a eureka moment attached to all this? Is it you know the acquisition of Ryan O'Reilly? Did it come from Dubas? Did it come from the players? Like, is there something that just kind of like clicked and made sense and was able to be applied or did they figure that out on the run against Tampa? Like, is there something to reference when it comes down to a different result? For me, it's the trade deadline and a change in philosophy with Kyle Dubas. You know, I think it, it was kind of gradual over as the fit playoff failures kind of mounted but I loved what he what he did in his trade with the St. Louis Blues. I think I think Ryan O'Reilly was the perfect guy for this team. I think Nolachari was awesome in that series, and I think he's you know if you're going to have a bottom six winger, like I don't think you could do much better in the playoffs than this guy in terms of what was available. I think he's fantastic. Luke Shen, like I can't believe the series he had. Like I thought he'd play in the series. I thought he'd contribute. I thought he'd do some some things but you know he tilted the ice he was calm with the puck he wasn't just clearing people out 
and he settled the team down. Like I thought the Leafs were never in the battles as much as they were in that series. Like they weren't as physical or as fearless. Uh, they always kind of were the turn the other cheek team. Whereas I think Luke Shen added a little bit more of that pushback. It made guys stand a little bit taller. And then he backed it up with some really good play when the hockey was happening. So for me, it's it, the, the deadline that Dubas had. To me, that was the turning point. I felt at that point, okay, this is going to be a much more competitive team, much more built for the playoffs. And I think we're seeing that. Uh, Jake McCabe, too. Uh, he, he had a bit of an une- uneven series, but he laid some hard, hard hits. Uh, and it's just an element that they needed after Jake Muzzin went down. So I think the, the additions Kyle Dubas made, um, you know, midseason really helped get this, this team in shape, found the right supporting pieces. And so now the, the question is, and you presented it well, what happens next? Like, what does this cathartic moment, this playoff breakthrough mean for the Maple Leafs? I guess it's a, a real test of their character and maybe that maturity they might have learned over the trials and tribulations of losing and losing and losing. And as John Tavares put it a lot in his post game about learning something from these moments. So tonight being the kickoff of round two, the Maple Leafs come in with an opportunity to to build on that, but so do the Florida Panthers, right? They kind of clawed their way in and they had no expectations. They took down the Boston Bruins. And I feel like both teams are riding of a moment of mental fortitude into tonight's series. How will you know that the Maple Leafs have learned something and have changed from a round one victory and continuing to look ahead and not settling in the moment of, of getting through what was something that we all had circled. I'd say the start, how do they look right at puck drop? How do they look in the first five minutes? I hated their game one against the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. lightning. It was like they were overwhelmed by the moment yeah. or we're, you know, we're feeling things out. So I would be surprised if they did that again because there's been a, they're saying all the right things. They're saying, yeah, you know, for one night we enjoyed that round one. It was good for us. It was good for the fans. But then they quickly are shifting the focus and the commentary to the Panthers and the fact that we're not done. We want this to be step one of four. Uh, so they're saying all the right things, but I want to see it on the ice. I want to see them attack this game. They're the better team. I honestly believe that. So are you going to wait and be the counterpunching team or feeling, uh, okay, what are they going to bring? You know, what, what's their rush attack going to be like? What's their forecheck going to be like? And, and can we respond? No. Why don't you impose your forecheck? Why don't you take it to them? That's what I want to see because they got outscored um, pretty severely by the Tampa Bay Lightning in period one over the course of that series. They waited too long to be the team that scrambles and comes back and forces overtime too many teams, too too many times rather. Um, So I I think the start will tell us where their minds are at because they, they should be the aggressor in this one. Uh, so it looks like, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, Sheldon Keefe won't mess with a winning lineup with the exception of uh, having Zach Aston Reese back in the lineup and going with the sixth defenseman, but not with Justin Hall. Instead, with Timothy Lilligren based on practice lines yesterday. Do you expect like the same sort of scenario to play out where it's a moving target for Keith? He's working the puzzle pieces around. I know Michael Bunting's suspension kind of forced his hand a little bit, but this seems like an ever-evolving process that is going to transfer from one series to the next. Does this feel like the most stable offering Sheldon Keith is going to have out there, or we should probably expect something new uh, next time that, you know, adversity hits? Yeah, I, I, I think if you look over Sheldon Keith's whole year, how many times does he go 
five, six, seven game stretch at any point without making some tweaks. So, you know, I'd be, I'd be stunned if this, the same lineup we see in game one is the same one in game four or something like that. Like for one, the Leafs got incredibly lucky, knock on wood Leafs fans with the, the lack of, of injuries that they've sustained so far They're, like, I, I can't remember a team coming through round one. So healthy. Plus they got a full NHL second, uh, fourth pairing on, on defense, ready to go. If, if need be in Gustafson and hall right now, not to mention Connor Timmons and, and Victor Mete hanging around so that they have incredible healthy depth. It, it's really remarkable, but I would expect as the series plays out, both teams, are going to make some adjustments as they go go along. But it is pretty cool for uh, a guy like Matt Nyes, who had three regular season games. All of a sudden, all he does is win in overtime when he's in the NHL lineup. And now you look up and he's playing with, you know, this, this Arizona hero of his, Austin Matthews, is a centerman. He's a top-line winger for the Maple Leafs in round two. Like, just an incredible story. So, it's interesting how the lines have, have shaken out. I thought Michael Bunting uh, had a lot of jump and looked, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good and pretty poised. Like he wasn't messing around with the extra stuff that he can sometimes get into in game six. So I, I think he responded really well after the suspension and the healthy scratch. So I think it's great that he's back in the lineup. And Timothy Lilligren was fine. You know, he held his head above water. And I don't. I, I'm. A, I would assume Justin Hall gets back into the lineup at some time in this series. I don't think his uh, his scratching all falls on him. I think the Hall Giordano pair as a whole struggled, and I think Justin Hall is one of these guys where he has dips and he needs a reset. And so I think it's good that he's getting a reset right now. But you know, this is going to be an evolving thing. There's going to be bumps and bruises. There's going to be lines that you know, get caved in and other lines that do well. So it, it's a, it's always going to be like constant tinkering with Sheldon Keith. So Florida is a pretty fascinating case. I mean, they win the president's trophy last year. They're 30 points worse. They need a really good run down the stretch to get into the playoffs and Pittsburgh kind of capitulating uh, a little bit. So it's this team that still has this framework of an elite, elite regular season team. But last year it didn't work. They got embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Lightning in round two and they made changes. And the, the number one change really was Matthew Kachuk coming in for Jonathan Huberto. And Matthew Kachuk had a brilliant season. He's not the reason at all. It's even, it's frankly surprising that they could be 30 points worse with Matthew Kachuk having Hart Trophy caliber, at least nominated caliber season uh, in his first year with Florida. Is that really the key to the series, managing Matthew Kachuk? And how do you think the Leafs will approach that matchup specifically? Yeah, it's it's one of them, absolutely. And, uh, you know, right now he's skating on a line with another former flame, Sam Bennett, and he's all, he also had a, a fabulous series against Boston. So I think that that's one of the one of the keys. You know, Alexander Barkov's probably going to put a premium on um, shutting down the Leafs' top line and, and be the the more defensively responsible line, the Barkov line. So Kachuk is, is the line. That's the line that it's probably going to try and score, rack up offense, get under the leaf skin. Um, you know, the, the way Toronto is approaching it is let's keep everything between the whistles. Let's not let him drag us into some nonsense. And, you know, we, I mentioned Shen earlier and McCabe, like having a couple guys like that, Boxing at the crease, I think, are gonna, is going to be really key um, to limiting the, the nonsense that, that could 
Kachuk can get into. It's funny, you know, like over the regular season, and I, and I know he, he he was on my, you know, he was high on my heart ballot, not as high as Connor McDavid was, but he was high. So and and we're and the uh, the nominees are the finalists are actually going to be starting to be announced this week uh, tonight, actually for gradually for mm-hmm. the individual awards. That's an aside, but Kachuk's games against the Leafs, the regular season games, he wasn't that much of a of a threat. And he wasn't that noticeable. He didn't have his best games against the Leafs. Um, but, you know, he was he's coming in hot off that Boston series where he's been one of the best players in the playoffs so far. So he's going to be a big X factor. If you can limit him and limit his nonsense, like dragging, you know, guys into bad penalties and, and stuff like that, then I think you're you're going to be okay. So when you're previewing this series, Luke, uh, where does the advantage lie for each team, um, if there is one? <laughs> Because it kind of seems like a coin flip at times. I'm, I'm struggling to kind of predict where it's going to go. So if you're looking at who has the upper hand in which area, where does that start for you? Well, I think it starts with the defense. I like Toronto's defensive depth more than, than Florida's. Uh, I absolutely love Brandon Montour. He's, he's really come into his own. He's having the season of his life. He's just flying around, scoring goals, jumping up in the rush. Uh, he's burnt the Leafs a bunch this year. So I love him as an offensive defenseman. And, you know, he's played so well that maybe him and Morgan Riley actually cancel each other out in that regard. But in terms of, you know, stay-at-home defensemen, uh, you know, Mark Stahl had a good series. Aaron Ekblad is fine. But I just think the Leafs have more depth on defense. And I actually like the Leafs' uh, team defense as well. I think their forwards play better defensively. All due respect to, to Barkov, but... I do think the Leafs forwards buy into the defensive side of the game better than Florida's. So I think that Toronto will be more comfortable playing in a low scoring game. Uh, if there's an advantage for Florida, they love to rush. Like they love to counterattack. They want to create a turnover and then just go after you immediately with a quick strike. So Toronto has to be wary of that. Take care of the puck in the neutral zone. Don't try to get fancy before you get across the blue line. I think that'll be key for Toronto because the counterattack of Florida's can kill you. So, um, I like I said, I, I favor Toronto as a whole. The goalies, you know, it's nice to see Sergei Bobrovsky kind of trying to earn some of his money back and being the man, taking over for Alex Lyon, who is an incredible story for the Panthers down the stretch and early into the, the Boston series. But, you know, it, it's it, we're getting another, like, classic Russian versus Russian matchup. And Samsonov, totally rose to the task against Vasilevsky. And now he has another, you know, pretty accomplished Russian goaltender in Bobrovsky that he's going to go head to head with. To me, that, that might be a little bit of a wash. Um, so yeah, I think Toronto's D and their, and their depth is, is where I give them the edge. Last one for you, Luke, uh, regardless of what happens, um, do the major players with this team executives and those who actually wear the sweaters, uh, have they earned the run it back? Uh, Let's see it. Let's see it play out. Let's see it play out. Um, I, I, I'm leaning towards yes, but uh, I think we have to see how this goes. You know, if they get swept, like and anything can happen. This, this sport's been crazy. Like, mm-hmm. look at so look at what's happening in some of the round one results. What if they lose in in four or five and aren't competitive? Then then I think you start to raise eyebrows. But I would be stunned if that happened. I think as long as this is a, a competitive series and the team is is in it and I, and I fully expect them to be then then I think yes yeah
Okay, so for now, keep the drafts in the computer. Uh, Luke, yeah. thanks so much for jumping on with us. Uh, I think we're making a habit out of game day, which is makes your day a little bit longer, uh, but we definitely, definitely appreciate extending it for us uh, to talk a bit of Leafs. Uh, round two tonight, Leafs and Florida Panthers. Looking forward to it, and we'll see you down at the rink. Luke. Awesome. awesome. Enjoy the game, guys. It's Luke Fox, NHL reporter at Sportsnet. First time he's covering a round two. A lot of us in the same boat. I feel like with the Leafs, at least, I think the Sportsnet set them down to a couple, you know, other... No, I meant a Leafs one. With the Leafs, yeah. It's not like he's, you know, vacationing at this time. No, 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 no. But not writing Grinding. the negative stories. Writing the positive stories. It's a nice thing. I think the nicest thing for reporters is avoiding, like, the absolute funeral atmosphere oh, of in cleanup the locker day. Room. Last year, it was bleak. Yeah? They started with Spezza, and it was like... Oh. It's like the the saddest part because he's like talking about potentially being done writing seemingly on the wall. It was, it's rough. It gets really old real fast and it had gotten old. I'm really looking forward to tonight. Maple Leafs favorites tonight, favorites in the series. We will maybe take a little look at the series previews, um, but the Maple Leafs tonight could be my wake and rake selection. Mm. Just teasing that at 590, okay. 590. Just lock it in now. Send your, okay, perfect. Lock it in. Boom, done. You can send your bets in, and uh, we'll get to that after we talk to our buddy, Steve Dangle. But do the Maple Leafs have what it takes, Justin? Because what it takes is our code word today for tickets to Aerosmith. Coming to Scotiabank Arena on September 12th as a part of their Peace Out, the Farewell Tour with special guests, the Black Crows. And we're giving away tickets all week long. To enter, tune into the Fan Morning Show every day, listen for the code word, and text it to 59590. Today's code word is what it takes. Text what it takes to 59590 for your chance to win. We're giving away another pair of tickets tomorrow. And if you don't win with us, make sure you secure your tickets by going to ticketmaster.ca starting this Friday at 10 a.m. What it takes. And officially, what, parts of 60, or not 60, parts of six decades, rather? These guys have been around? The farewell tour. You got to go to the Peace Out Farewell Tour to do that. It's either Ticketmaster or what it takes. Best of luck. We'll be giving away tickets all week long. All right. Steve Dangle joins us on the other side of the break, a guy that uh, it's been a long time coming, a long, long time of watching Steve Dangle go through the highs and lows and many, many lows of being the Leaf fan that we all look to. He's going to join us on the other side of the break, and I hope that he's still got that positive vibe going from Saturday night. I don't think he'll ever get rid of that. Um, He joins us next, and then a baby wake and rake to wrap up the show. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a fan morning show. Sports 590, the fan, Justin and Ailish Maple Leafs in the second round of the playoffs tonight. Puck drops 7 p.m. A long time coming. Somebody that has worn it well. has made it through the highs and the lows, and maybe the most anticipated post-LFR, talk to Steve Dangle, watch him react, go through the emotions, was this Saturday night. Steve Dangle coast of the Steve Dangle podcast. Steve, you there? You f- how, how are we? Man, I've been waiting to hear your voice. <laughs> I am great. <laughs> I like, like Tony the Tiger. Uh, <laughs> you have some cereal like, this morning. It's you know you know what it is. I'm 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 happy they're in the second round, but we get to talk about the Leafs like a normal team now, right? You know what I mean? 
Like we, we don't got to talk about them like we have to ignore the evidence of our eyes and ears for an entire calendar year until they actually do something in the playoffs. They did it. They did it. They went around. They're normal. normal. So let's go for our normal team. So I think hopefully for a while now, all three of us have like understood simple division or subtraction or whatever you want to call it. But mm. the fact that there's eight, eight teams left and the Maple Leafs are one of them was like kind of like caught us off guard uh, today. Do you, have you looked at the bracket? I'm sure you're just staring at the bracket. Looked at the bracket and just been like, uh, wow. Uh, oh, definitely. Definitely. But, you know, I, I, <laughs> I would hate for this fan base to wait nearly two decades to win around. And then look at our second-round opponent and be like, oh, we got this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's an easy one. Like, dude, they won three of four in Boston. Um, I mean, it's it's the playoffs. Nothing makes sense. Both teams in this series have a losing record at home in these playoffs. Um, and the Leafs have won more games in Florida in these playoffs than the Panthers have. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. <laughs> Nothing makes sense at all. Um, and... Uh, I, I don't think people have quite grasped that you would actually rather at this stage in his career play Brad Marchand in a best of seven series than Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Kachuk is younger. He's bigger. He's stronger. I, I, I think he has less care for uh, human life actually. And he's got better offensive ability. Marchand's probably maybe the better defensive player that's, Maybe the only place where uh, he's got him beat. Like, that dude was a nightmare uh, against the Bruins. And uh, the Leafs, who have been actually pretty good at uh, guarding that inner slot, uh, they're going to have to figure him out or at very least hold him at bay. There was a couple reasons why I was a little disappointed it wasn't Boston. And we'll get your take on whether or not you were disappointed. But it's that's part of the reason, right? Like they're, they were a little bit diminished and we're finding out about Linus Allmark being hurt, Patrice Bergeron's injury. They had no center depth. And I thought, wow, like Boston's probably going to get through here watching that game and they might be gettable, but also I don't know if true exorcism always involves Boston, but I'm, I don't know. I'm here for the storylines and it would have been a little bit more interesting, at least for me, if it were Boston. So I'll throw it back to you. Are you a little disappointed at all that wasn't Boston, understanding that they're maybe not quite the team that dominated the regular season right now due to injury, but also because Toronto needs to get through Boston, don't they? Well, I mean, Raptors fans, are you disappointed you didn't go through LeBron? But no, <laughs> that's true. No, like, uh, I I was caught up in that narrative. Like, I want the Leafs to play Boston. I want them to exercise those demons. They did it against Tampa. I, I want to see them do it against probably their bigger dragon in the Boston Bruins. And the second I turned on Game 7, Bruins-Panthers, instantly I was like, go Panthers! <laughs> like, instantly I was cheering for them, and hilariously that's when they blew their lead. Uh, when... When uh, Pasternak scored that 3-2 goal, I thought they were dead. I'd Like, there's no way. And then they're taking penalties. There's no way they're coming back in this thing. But there's no quit in this team. And we have two teams who might not have been the better team in their series. But they found a way. I, I think this is going to be a really dogged, rough uh, series mm-hmm. for, for both teams. So Saturday night, you have your moment, um, and everyone's kind of tuning in to see you. Uh, who who were you thinking of first when that happened? You know, obviously, 
I think a lot of people circle you as the big Leafs fan. And we talked to Joe Bowen and he, a lot of people talked to him. I thought, thought about him as well when the Maple Leafs finally made it to the second round. Who, who were you thinking about? Oh, man. Um, it made me think back to uh, the beginning of my career and everything um, mm-hmm. when I first got my webcam, uh, my like $70 webcam that I got for, I think it was 29 because my Discount. girlfriend worked at well, girlfriend worked at Future Shop, Hell and now yeah. she's my wife. So, <laughs> so I was, that's a love was, story. Yeah. So I was I was thinking about that. Um, I was thinking about all the friends who didn't give me too hard of a time for starting a YouTube channel in 2007, which was weird at the time. Like now, it's normal, but uh, back then, it's like, what are you mm-hmm. a dork? Um, but my <laughs> friends didn't bother asking that question. They knew I was a dork, so they let me do my thing. Um, and I was thinking back to like Leafs TV when I worked there and some of the brutal, uh, games I had to like sit through and do highlights for like, dude, when I was making leaf highlights for the Oh nine, 10 season, you're essentially making highlight packs for the other team. So, and, and that wasn't even the beginning of the drought. So it was a very long road, a lot of reflection on a lot of different different moments. Most of them were garbage. So it was nice to turn the page. And uh, I just double-checked with Future Shop, no longer um, an operation, but it's glad that your relationship, you know, overcame that. And there you go, you know, it's good things happen at Future Shop, even though it no longer exists. That's a very good point. <laughs> like, this drought lasted longer than Future there Shop. There <laughs> <laughs> um, Who do you think it meant the most to on Saturday night, either on that roster, either in the press box, either in the management? Like, you got to pick one person, that moment, who did it mean the most to? I mean, it's got to be Kyle Dubas, right? And we um, saw it Oof, written all over his face. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like I'm sure they had a contract drafted and it was just a matter of signing it. Mm. Like, who knows? He might have signed an extension and we just don't know about it. Like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked by that. But, I, I mean, if you're Dubas, you, you, uh, who's who's driven themselves more nuts uh, watching this team yeah. than, than him? You. Yeah, maybe me, but like, I didn't, I didn't assemble the thing, right? Like, like there's me screaming, this works, this doesn't work. Why are you doing this? And there's him and in every move he makes, you assume his argument is this works, this will work. That's why I'm making the decision. And year after year after year, we watch it work. We watch it super work. And then the playoffs arrive, and it stops working. It's It's got to be the most maddening thing for him. And, again, like a top-five team in the league, consistent top-ten team in the league, how don't you bring that guy back? Well, they keep losing in the playoffs, man. So it, it was, it was going to be a really torturing decision that we no longer have to worry about on account of uh, they didn't lose, did they? They, uh, they, they won. Kyle Dubas' team is in the second round. They have a one in eight chance at the Stanley Cup. Let's get it to go. Is there any worry that it's maybe gone too far, the stock, uh, that Kyle Dubas will be so sought after if there isn't an agreement in a drawer somewhere that he might wind up somewhere else? Or is cooler heads going to prevail and both parties probably uh, understand that they uh, mean a lot to each other? 
evidently. No, no, no. See, you're you're thinking about this like a Leaf fan who <laughs> didn't just finally watch them win a playoff round. We got to drop this attitude that every bad thing that could happen will happen. You know what? Why stop there? I say, you know what? Uh, they won around, so Dubas is too expensive. How about Matthews is too expensive? I, I think let's go there. I think he's gone too. I think they both go to, I don't know, pick a team, the Habs. Why not? And they're going to join Connor. <laughs> okay, I, I, I regret opening the, the door. No, no, no. Steve, I regret opening ah. the door. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a good path to go down. So we'll stay with our own confinement, which is round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I do want to reflect one more time on round one. And I wonder what emotion you have reserved for John Tavares because Tavares has always been like kind of sheltered by the fact that he came home, right? Like everyone really, really wants him to thrive in this position because, well, he came home, right? And he was like the first to come home. And it's not often that guys come home even still. So Tavares has kind of been insulated. And the truth of the matter was that his expensive free agent contract hadn't yielded anything and may have not yielded anything. And then all of a sudden the guy who's had no success in the postseason scores the biggest goal in this franchise's history. And what the last 20 years, uh, what was your feeling for John Tavares watching him celebrate that goal? I was, I was laughter uh, because I, uh, the last thing, you know, I I like to browse Twitter a little bit before uh, we, we go back to air uh, on the streams. And, and the last thing that I read was a tweet from James Myrtle who said, you know, Tavares has played under 15 minutes. He doesn't have a shot on goal. He's got to pick it up. And mm. <laughs> who goes out there and has the shift of the playoffs, man. Like he did not quit on that puck. I was screaming at the screen when him and Luke Shen uh, had that little, wasn't really a miscommunication at the blue line, uh, maybe a miscalculation. He stayed with it, beat Steven Stamkos. And, man, you got to go back and watch that extended shift. Like, I, I know the question was about John Tavares, but keep an eye on Matthew Nyes. That kid is ridiculous. He was fantastic on that shift. Uh, he he uh, just beat Mikhail Sergachev in every way in order to get that puck to Tavares. And I saw something last night that was too eerie. When the Leafs in 2022... Game seven, we're trying to tie it up uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The last leaf to touch the puck was John Tavares. And what does he do? He spins and fires the thing at the net. No goal. It's, it's an almost identical move to the move that he used to end the series against Tampa this year. It, it was a lot of poetic justice, and I'm – thrilled uh, that it was Johnny who got it. And I mean, who better, who better? I, I, I think, I think it probably went through the team like rocket fuel. As Sheldon picked up on that move, calling for the forehand on the bench, another cool of the many cool mm-hmm. moments that we saw from the Maple Leafs <laughs> in game six. Um, who do you think is going to feel more at home in this series? Underdog outspoken playoff performer, perhaps. You mentioned Kachuk already. What about Paul Maurice? How does he fit in this equation? Oh, I, I think Paul Maurice, uh, I think he's an underrated coach in terms of uh, uh, human feeling. You, you know what I mean? Like in terms of strategy, I don't know. Like it, you know, sometimes his teams get outshot and they take a lot of penalties historically. But 
the good news is he's a fighter, um, and that's what this series is going to be. It's going to be a dogfight. And also, if you're a player on a Paul Murray's team, you can rest easy uh, that the refs will never hate you as much as they hate him. <laughs> this dude who stands on the bench all game and says things to you that I can't say on the radio. Uh, so I think he's going to love it. I think uh, I think uh, Matthew Kachuk, what's the radio version of this saying? He's going to be like a pig in slop. Mm, something like that. Yeah. Mud or, yeah. Yeah. Slop, mud, same thing. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Something <laughs> like that. Um, Brandon Montour, I, I think is going to really embrace the chaos. Uh, Sam Bennett, an Ontario born kid who I think would be happy to torture the Leafs. But like, I, I mean, why not? Why not all the Leafs, man? I, I think that whole team, um, I think uh, Lilligren has got to be a huge factor in this series on account of it looks like he's starting it. And uh, I mean, all he has to do is not be on the ice for like three quarters of the goals that the Panthers score. (laughs) Doesn't sound like too much to ask for. (laughs) Right? Like literally three quarters of the goals. Like not to rag on Justin Hall. Like that dude, he's a great guy, funny guy, great Mm -hmm. teammate. But man, he had a tough series, right? So yeah. There are some things they can still improve on, even though they won. All right, Steve, before we let you go, um, I can't help but notice that both your co-host and myself are both wearing blue lipstick, and our co-hosts are not. Uh, Justin Cuthbert and Steve Dangle, no blue lipstick, as Adam Wilde and I have done, you know, the bold thing here and put some on, and I'm wondering what we need to do, what we need to wager to get the co-hosts on board with the trend. I think they just need to feel more passion. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's very yeah, obvious. You're, you're lacking it, passion. Steve. You're lacking it. <laughs> no, I'm not lacking it. See, I was wearing the lipstick on my cheeks. Yes, but because, uh, uh, Adam Wilde right, right, right. on the mm-hmm. cheeks. I think Ayla's kind of you. Oh, a, a, apology to Steve for having that. Like you're the no, reason why the blue lipstick. You is... earned it, Steve. Look great on you. Apologize for the best experience of my life. Why? <laughs> what for? What uh, for? I love that. So you don't want to enter into a wager. Leafs win this series. You'll wear it. Justin will wear it. Diego two and zero at home. You guys will slop it on. What do you think? Nothing. Oh. Eh? Putting you right, right on the spot on the on the radio airwaves. This is you know not, what? This is not what we signed up for. It's too bad. I'm in control. Um. Uh. I'm gonna. Uh. No. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Thank you, All Steve. Right. Thank you, that's Steve okay. Dangle. Everyone that's listening will just know that you're weak. It's I okay. owe you a thank you. That's all right. We'll circle back. You know back. what? That's all right. That's we'll, all right. No worries. We'll circle back one day, Steve. I'll remember this moment. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> we're, I'm wearing it proudly while I talk to you. So uh, maybe it'll bring some good luck into the series. Uh, thanks so much for coming on this morning. Looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out and hopefully more exciting and happy moments for Steve Dangle. Go Leafs, go. Thanks, Steve. We'll chat soon. That's Steve Dangle, host of the Steve Dangle podcast, and would not take my peer pressure on the on the radio. Yeah, I was not expecting that you to were go nervous. the way it did I go. I saw it in your eyes again. Like I, I saw some comments. Like we're not sharing a stick of lipstick. Like it's not. I can buy you your own and if you're scared. You will return that the next day. Um, okay, so we did our little updated list of teams we think can win the Stanley Cup. We're mm-hmm. down to eight. How many teams that did we lose? Did we lose the Rangers and Bruins? We did. We lost the Rangers at Bruins. Um, we, we had the Leafs. I guess we lost the Lightning as well. Did you think the Lightning no. could win? Okay. The Leafs survive. The Stars survive. The Oilers, Oilers survive. Do we want to add anyone to that? 
Do we want to take anyone off that I thought list? we were going to add the Devils, and then we have two from each conference and the two teams that we think will advance on each side. Okay, so I'm going to be betting the Devils in some way, okay. some shape or form, but do we add either Jack Hughes or Akira Schmid to our Con Smythe portfolio? I think I saw it about 16 to 1 yesterday for Jack I Hughes. I see Jack Hughes in there. I just, it feels like no one, like Schmid's only played a couple games. Jack Hughes hasn't been like all world. Timo Myers barely showed up. It's It seems like it's hard to kind of assign credit to what the, the Devils have done so That's far. That's scary. But I think, I think Jack Hughes, this could be his playoff when it's all said and done. Do you want to add anyone, Dallas? Maple Leafs? Well, you told me who Morgan someone... Riley is 50 to 1 right now. Oh, I, I've got my Ryan O'Reilly stock. The Morgan Riley stock I might have missed, honestly. 50 to 1 is still pretty good. Oh, that's what you saw it today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sprinkle some. If if the Leafs won the, the Stanley Cup based on, like right now, if you're going to give it to a Leaf, it's Morgan Riley, isn't it? It's tough, but I think it's Morgan Riley. If it was, or if this series was done now, this is it. I, I guess it is. There you go. And if you got the guy through one round I'm, at fifty to one, and he's been the bet, like he's, there's no sign of him slowing down. Austin Matthews could take complete control of the rest of this playoff. I, yes. I acknowledge that that is true. Samsonov could be there. Ryan O'Reilly could be the guy. But I think like Morgan mm-hmm. Riley's ahead right now. Okay, good things to, to take a look at at the cons. My thoughts. We're gonna do a baby wake and rake. Now? Are you asking for the music? I am. Hit the music. <laughs> now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be right. All right. With your kind of accuracy. Show me the money. We're still with working Elish on that. and Justin. It's tough. We're still working on our flow there. It's all right. Leafs, Panthers, round two, game one, 7 p.m., Scotiabank Arena. Leafs in regulation. I'm going big. I'm going bold. Just like the blue lipstick. That's where I'm starting. I'm my level of concern of the complacency and the take your foot off the gas pedal will not be the script tonight. The Panthers will be one less day of rest, one more emotional depletion. The because they had to go through all that and just mm-hmm. a lot of excitement and whew, maybe you were a little tired coming into Toronto. Maple Leafs have been sitting there waiting, wishing, ready to rumble. I'm you like the Leafs. Leafs in regulation. You like the Leafs. I like the Dallas Stars in regulation, minus 105. Uh, this is the time of year, or this is the round, where things normalize, I think, generally, right? Get some up- upsets in round one and get some weird and wacky things. But now it gets to the point, I think, or I feel, or historically would suggest that things start to normalize. The better team gets through. Dallas is better than Seattle. I think I'm going to bet them in a bunch of different ways, whether whether it be the spread, whether it win game one, win the mm-hmm. series. Regulation tonight, maybe Rope hands con Smythe. Just, I like Dallas a lot, finding ways to bet them. And for the wake and rake, I will do the same and bet them in regulation. Okay, so two regulation NHL games, no OTs tonight. Uh, let's go through some wake and rake picks or anchor selections. Happy Tuesday for today's anchor. We're going to keep it simple. I will take Leafs on the spread, and Jules will take the Warriors at home, minus four and a half. And the theory that the Warriors play every day continues with another Warriors pick from Jules. Uh, Good morning, Justin Ailish. Let's keep May rolling with the plays 3 of 3 yesterday. And today, he'll be taking Morgan Riley to record one-plus assist uh, at minus 106. Riley has been the backbone of this team. Yes, he has. Uh, So far this playoffs, don't see him let letting up uh no name there but uh yeah morgan riley to record an assist good morning it's Corey from port hope here for my wake and rake pick i'll take the jays mining line yes i like them to bounce back after last night's tough loss i was very sad to see how that one ended i would definitely take the jays in the money line if i wasn't taking leafs and yeah. 
my line. Leafs, uh, or Jays rather, losing two straight. Parlay Poppy, three-figure wages have been placed. Okay. Leafs to win in regulation. Dallas Stars, money line, AL Central leading Twins. To beat the league worse, Chicago White Sox. Joe Ryan is 5-0 with a 2.8 ERA. Going to own the White Sox. The anchor is Leafs in regulation, if not Dallas. So Leafs in regulation from Parley Poppy. Okay, someone's got Nyes over 0.5 points. So to get a point, Ian the Snowplow Driver says Kikuchi lefty versus lefty over 4.5 strikeouts would even go over 5.5. Don from Paris likes Florida Moneyline. Yikes. Yeah, Don, I thought we had a big Paris lis- listening ship, and uh, you might be booted off the show, Don. The, the vibes out of Paris, no good He anymore. also says Jay's money line, so. And Gary Iron Panther Roberts says Florida on the money line. I don't think that's the real Gary Roberts. Okay, <laughs> we're going to disregard those last two. Is it just Jay's in, in I like Jay's on the money line. I mean, let's do a little homers parlay. We like Leafs. We like Jay's. Uh, vibes have been pretty good in Toronto. Last night was a bit of a disappointing loss for the Blue Jays. In a walk-off home run, Kikuchi, Mr. Loyal Kikuchi, he's uh, going to hold it down the fort for us tonight. Yeah, need okay. a victory. All right, so let me put that together. we got Leafs in regulation, you got Dallas Stars in regulation, and then you have the Toronto Blue Jays just on the money line, and you parlay that up for your Tuesday, and that is plus 547. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. It's where we want to be. All right. So Leafs in action, 7 p.m. First pitch for Toronto Blue Jays at the Boston Red Sox, 7-10. Tonight, a little homers parlay action for you tonight. Kikuchi on the mound versus Tanner. Ooh. Tanner something or other. H-O-U-C-K. I never know how to say that one. Hook. Hook. He's going to get the hook <laughs> early on in the game. We're out of here. All right. Round two, game one. Let's go. Talk to you tomorrow.